Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. I'm going to be sharing from one of my favorite books of the Bible. I'm going to give you some hints. So I'm a bit of a girly girl. I was raised on Disney. I was one of those... (laughs) I'm not into Disney as much as Fina, but I do like my Disney, um, my Disney princess film. So I kind of like always fantasized of being a princess one day, being a queen and didn't quite get there. But, you know, I'm a princess. I'm a child of God. So I guess it technically makes me royalty. Um, So that's one of the reasons why I like this story. But I'd say the other reason I like this story. Well, this particular character, she's a boss. Like, she is gold, she is beautiful, she is kind, and she is brave. Does anyone want to guess what story I am sharing from tonight? You are right. I am sharing from Esther. I love, I love her. Um, so we're going to go through the story of Esther tonight. If you don't know it, you will definitely know it by the end of tonight. But my focus for tonight, um, as we share the story of Esther, is that the season you are in is preparing you for your future up there in case you forget. But I'm just going to ask that you join in with me and um, repeat after me. The season I am in is preparing me for my future. Awesome. Now there's two reasons why I asked you to do that. Make sure that you're awake and engaged. But the other reason is I think it's important that we speak life over ourselves. We can have people get up here, we can have people pray for us and preach an amazing word, but I think it's important that we take a bit of ownership and actually say those things over our lives. So this is what we're going to be sharing about tonight. And I just want to ask that as we um, are going through this story, I just want you to think and reflect for a moment on what season you are in at the moment. Perhaps you are single, or perhaps you have been married for decades. Perhaps you have children, or maybe you have grandchildren. Perhaps you are looking for work, or maybe you just scored a job. Congratulations, Hannah, who starts tomorrow. Perhaps you are studying, or perhaps you have just graduated. Shout out to Trixie and Jan, who aren't here, but have just graduated on Friday. So we are all in different seasons of our lives. There isn't one season that's better than another. I guess there's just some seasons which are more challenging than another. But each season is important. So just keep that in the back of your mind as I share tonight. So if you'd like to take notes, uh, the title of tonight's message is For Such a Time as This. So we're going to start at the very beginning, which is always a good place to start, Esther. So who is Esther? Now, Esther is not your typical princess. Now, most princesses are born into the royal family, or at least kind of like an elite. She wasn't. So we don't know a whole lot about Esther, but what we do know is that she was an orphan. So her mum and dad died when she was young, and she was raised by her cousin Mordecai. So she's got that up against her. But to add on top of that, she was... I guess, living in exile. So her people, before she was born, the Jews, um, they were overtaken by the Babylonians and they were taken from their home. And can you imagine what that would have been like? Living in a whole new culture, whole new way of living. And I'm probably guessing being conquered people, they weren't exactly living it up. So this is where we start. We start with Esther, who is a teenage girl, who's the youngest person we have here, probably maybe like... Tories age, Savannah's age maybe, more so. They say when you're reading the word of God, it's important to kind of let your imagination kick in and try to picture yourself in the setting. So just think of someone who's young, like around Savannah's age. This can be your Esther, as I shared tonight. So here is Esther. She's an orphan. She's in exile. How on earth did Esther become the queen of Persia? 
Like back then, surely this would have made the headlines. Like, this is insane. Like, talk about going from the bottom. Now we're here. Like, this is crazy. She's gone from being poverty-stricken to the queen of, well, at the time, Persia, which was top dog at that time. So let's just travel a little bit along. So this is what I imagine. So she's, it's an afternoon. She's going for a stroll, hanging out with her friends, listening to whatever music they listen to, then maybe going for you know, a milkshake at the local cafe. And then all of a sudden, a group of officials, army rock up and declare that they're pretty much going to take all the young virgins from that region and take them to the palace. Now, keep in mind, she's poor. She's in exile. Not in this time where we have women's rights. She didn't really have a say. She would have been forcibly taken from her home. Now, some of you are probably thinking, okay, Lani, you just said she's an orphan and an exile and she's going to the palace. Like, that's a step up. But keep in mind, she's being taken from her family. She's being taken from her home, her friends, to live in the palace with people she doesn't even know, to do something she has no idea about. So that is where we find ourselves right now. So put up your hand if you have watched The Bachelor Show. No judgment here. I'll be the first to put my hand up. Has anyone else watched even one episode? Wow, okay, not actually that many people. That is awkward. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you guys have seen the ad or roughly know what... Okay, thank you, Pastor John. If Pastor John's seen the ad, then it's okay. Put your hands up. Uh, okay, so The Bachelor Show. So just... For those who haven't seen it, basically it's this guy surrounded by lots of beautiful young women and he pretty much just plays a field until he finds someone he wants to call a wife, okay? I don't promote it as being a good show, but the reason I'm saying this is it actually reminds me of what this situation is. King Xerxes is looking for a new wife and he's pretty much just called in all the young girls from the region and is pretty much just going to hang out with them until he finds wifey. So this is where we find ourselves in The Bachelor show of back then. And can you imagine what that would have been like for Esther? Like you're living in a palace with your rivals. Now we're not just talking about days or week. We're looking, we're looking at probably years. It says in the Bible that all the girls had to go through at least 12 months of beauty treatment before they could go to the king. Now I don't know about you, but that is definitely not a kind of place I would like to be living in. So what would Esther have been thinking at this time? Like, Surely she would have had questions. Surely she would have been confused. But I guess at this point, she's probably thinking, well, I'm being trained, developed to become a queen. Little did she know that God was actually developing her to become the savior of her people. See, God always has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And sometimes when you're in a particular season, you're like, I don't understand why this is happening. I don't get it. You know, how has this got anything to do with you know, good plans God has for my life? But I just want to encourage everyone here that God does have good plans for us. It's up on our wall, Jeremiah 29, 11. He has good plans for us, not to, um, to prosper us and not to harm us. And God sees the past. He sees the present. He sees the future. So how can we apply this to our lives? Well, I think something that we can learn from Esther is that she was very patient and she trusted God. Like I said, this wasn't a short process. It would have been quite a lengthy process. And I believe that patience and trust go hand in hand. You look at Abraham and Sarah, they were given a promise from God that they would have a child. They decided to get, you know, they'd been waiting for a while and it didn't happen. They took matters into their own hands because they lost trust in God. But God is good and faithful and ended up giving them a child in the end. But I just want to encourage everyone here, let's not be so quick to move on from where we're at. 
Let's not be so quick to just be like, I'm done with this, God, move me on to the next season. Let's allow God to actually work in our lives and develop us as people. Because I believe that God doesn't just want us to go through life. He wants us to grow through life. And perhaps when you're, if you're in a situation or a season you don't understand, rather than be questioning God, why is this happening? Maybe we can change the question. Actually ask God, God, what are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to develop me? How can I help people? How can I minister to people during this time? Maybe easier said than done, but that's what I want to encourage everyone with tonight. Because God is all about developing people, maturing people. Because the season you are in, he's preparing you for your future. And the other day I was driving um, some of our students, and they live at like West Uri, so I was going past some of the farms. And I looked to my right, and I've never seen so many tomatoes. And I was like, wow, have I just never looked out the window? Like, where did all these tomatoes come from? And then my brain kicked in, I realized, well, of course, the tomatoes aren't going to look like this all throughout the year. There's different times, different seasons where they're going to bloom and ripen and harvest time. And it made me think in the same way in our lives, there's different seasons that we need to go through. Just like we have winter, summer, spring, autumn, not that order. Um, but just like we have different seasons, we've got to allow different seasons in our life to take its course. And uh, if you don't believe me, let's go to the wisest man in the Bible, Solomon, Ecclesiastes 3.1. He says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So when, so what have you, whatever you are being, whatever God is developing you, whatever God is developing in you for this season, just know that it's going to help you in your future. And I just want to also build on that and say, not just yourself, like our lives are not just about us. Our lives are about other people, witnessing to other people, making disciples out of other people. So your story is going to unlock freedom in someone else's life, give hope to someone else, not just about us. So we're going to come back to the story of Esther because her story is awesome. And what you've probably noticed, or maybe... Is, um, it's actually quite a unique story. There's only two books in the Bible that God is actually not explicitly mentioned. Song of Solon, Songs of Song, Song of Song, someone, and Esther. Um, however, even though the word God is not mentioned, you can see God moving in this, orchestrating it all, yeah? Like God is all up in this. So the reason I wanted to share that is sometimes it can be like that in our lives. Sometimes we can be going through seasons where we're like, God, where are you? Like, God... <laughs> Do you see what I'm going through? God, do you care? And I just want to encourage everyone that God does see. God does know every thought, every hurt, every desire, every dream. And more importantly, God cares. God cares about what we're going through. And God is working all things out. In Romans 8.28, Paul says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now note that it says, in all things, not in a few things, not in a couple of things. It says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So if we're going to believe the Bible, we need to believe the Bible. If we believe we have a purpose, if we believe God loves us, then we need to believe also that God is going to work all things out for our good. Awesome. Just making sure it's up there. And one of the ways God does this is, and particularly in the story of Esther, is through his favor. So at this point in the story, Esther has just gone to the palace, and it says that the man, I think his name's Haggai, um, who's in charge of the harem, um, he shows favor to her. And immediately she is given special food, she's given special beauty treatments that the other girls aren't given. He just really thinks well of her. He even gives her female servants. 
That's pretty cool. And it says that she won the favor of everyone who saw her. And to add to that, ultimately, she won the favor of the king. It said that when the king saw her, he was more attracted to her than any of the other girls, and he chose her to be his queen. So I was watching a show the couple of months ago. Um, excuse the name, but it's called How to Get Away with Murder. And in it, it's so intense, like what people, they're, they're lawyers, pretty much. They're lawyer students. And some of the things that they do in order to get to where they want to get it's not good. It's really not good. And it just makes me think, you know, like as, as children of God, we don't have to worry or cheat or manipulate or lie to get to where God wants us to be. Like we've got to trust that God has got all things under control and he'll work all things out for us. Okay, we're going to come to the climax of the story. I'm actually going to go to the Bible so that we can read straight from the Bible before we do. Just a real quick recap to where we're at. So the king has an advisor by the name of Haman. He really doesn't like the Jews and he really doesn't like Esther's cousin because she won't bow down to him. So he pretty much goes to the king and says, you know, complains about the Jews. He doesn't say the Jews, but he complains about the people. The king says, I trust you, do what you want with them. So he puts out a decree to kill on a certain day to kill all the Jews, that by law that anyone could go kill them, that they needed to be completely annihilated. He goes to Esther and he appeals to her, can you talk to the king? And she's like, uh, no, not really. Like, I haven't seen him for 30 days. I can't just waltz on in. I could potentially die. So that's where we pick up from. And I'm just going to read straight from here. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, that's pretty amazing. Like, we're not talking a few days in prison. We're talking life or death. But that's what makes her story so incredible, so inspiring, is that Esther was willing to put her life on the line, was willing to put her life down so that others could live. She was willing to put the needs of other people above her own. She chose faith over fear. And courage, this is one of my favorite quotes about courage. It says that courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Of course, she would have been afraid. It's pretty clear that she's like, I don't want to do this. But she had a moment where she realized that, well, there's something more important than me being afraid. My people's lives are at risk. And in the same way, we might not be facing situations which are necessarily life or death. Perhaps you may or you might. Um, But we all face different situations in our life which require courage. And I want to encourage everyone here um, that we can be people of courage. We can be people of faith. Like God has given us everything that we need to fulfill the calling he has over our lives. We have a whole army behind us when we go out into battle. We're not doing this on our own. I want to show you guys a video um, to, to sort of wrap up tonight. Some of you may know her. Her name is Malala. Um, she's a beautiful girl, and I heard her story a few years ago, and it really touched me, inspired me, encouraged me. Um, 
so I just want to show you a quick um, film of this, and then um, I'll wrap up after that. Has anyone ever heard of her story before? Yeah, a few people. It's absolutely amazing, and she has gone on. She's still doing amazing things um, as an advocate for education for girls worldwide or for women worldwide, um, and she was the youngest person to receive the Nobel Prize as well. So awesome. But the reason I wanted to share her story um, and relate it back is here is a girl who saw a need, who saw injustice. She could have been silent. Like, that would have been the easier thing to do. Um, But she spoke up and was very vocal about what needed to happen to the point where she became, here's a little girl, she became a threat to the Taliban. But how awesome, you know, I believe what God is doing in her life and the impact that she is having. And even then, after something like that, you think she would have stopped, but it's just fueled her even more to just get out there. And I want to encourage us as, as people of God, as children of God, we are all um, coming up against different challenges. We all have our different battles to face. But I want to encourage that when the heat um, of the moment, you know, intensifies, that we don't back off. That if anything, we stand up and we just proclaim God's goodness over our lives, over other people's lives, that we continue to fight the fight, continue to allow ourselves to go through the season that we need to go through, um, and, and so that God can use us in the future. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website www.withsundayacc.com.au